3: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: The only daily Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily.
4: It's Friday. We're on the verge of the weekend and welcome to Football Social Daily to kick it all off. Late drama in the Premier League last night as Arsenal saw off Wolves with a stoppage time, own goal. Jose Sarr, the unfortunate offender, are the Gunners now the go-to guys in terms of top four qualification. At the other end of the table, Norwich is still scrapping for survival. They face Southampton tonight, who have been solid at St Mary's lately. Can the Canaries get cooking on gas with Burnley and Newcastle now motoring in that fight to stay up? Plus, we look at this weekend's Carabao Cup final between Chelsea and Liverpool from a Reds perspective with our resident Liverpool fan, Steve McNaughton. Welcome, this is Football Social Daily, the only daily Premier League podcast you can find. My name's Niall, and alongside me, Joel Tudor and Marley Anderson. Morning, boys. Morning, guys. Good morning so we are almost ready to get stuck into the weekend you can find a preview of some of the biggest weekend Premier League games on our dugout show which is available tonight Trevor Stephen formerly of Everton won the league twice there in fact in the 80s and Francis Benali, a former Southampton defender will be joining me to look ahead to this weekend's Carabao Cup final, from uh, a more neutral perspective, because we'll hear from Liverpool fan Steve very shortly, uh, as well as some of the bigger games in the Premier League this weekend, plus their take on the situation at Tottenham with Antonio Conte, who's really made headlines this week after that midweek loss at Burnley. And talking of Burnley, they're struggling at the moment, so too are Norwich. Southampton will talk about their game with the Canaries too later on in the podcast, but first I want to start by focusing at the top end of the table – Arsenal against Wolves last night, the lowly Premier League fixture. This seemed to have flew under the radar a little bit. I'm not sure too many people knew this game was on yesterday, but it did take place at the Emirates and it was packed full of drama. You had to wait till the last eight minutes or so for things to really kick off into life. A last gasp Arsenal win due to a Jose Sarr own goal. That moves them up into fifth with that three points against a Wolves side who themselves may have been gunning for an unlikely Champions League spot. With that in mind, Joel... Does pole position now lie with the Gunners in the top four race because they've got games in hand on Manchester United. They're within touching distance of them in terms of points. Mikel Arteta's all of a sudden a genius, isn't
5: he? Uh, Well, I believe his final two games in hand. Are they not against Chelsea and City? It's one of the two of the top three, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, it's not a done deal there. And the pendulum swing just keeps continuing non-stop with these five sides just battling out for that final uh, that final fourth spot so I don't think it's a, a done conclusion because as we've seen with Arsenal this season every team outside of the say top six they seem to be very very consistent against where every game seems to be pretty you know the way in which Liverpool and Manchester City go about them which is pretty clean and Executing them well, but when they face the top four sides, it's just a totally different story. And that's kind of where Arsenal are at the. That's where Arsenal are at at the moment, where it's they're kind of banging the middle. They're not ready to take that next step to challenging these types of sides, but. I mean, credit to Arteta, he's made Arsenal into a really consistent side in terms of continually getting those points churning over against, you know, not not as, not as if to say Wolves are a bad side, but the likes of these sides who typically in the past they would have probably uh, stumped up against. But I, I mean, I've been massively critical with Arteta in the last year or so, but in this game, I think he definitely deserves credit because... Uh, bringing on Nicolas Pepe was probably the turning point of the game for them where he had a massive um, hand in both of the goals including getting one himself and I mean typically you know with Arteta he's, he's, he's been criticised a lot in the past for the way in which he's approached games or the way in which he's gone about his personal um, little vendettas with some of the players in the past but Right now, I mean, you can't really argue where Arsenal are at the moment. And at times, I mean, I think we spoke about in yesterday's podcast about what would be the better result in this game. And I think the scoreline hit all of the results within the game, but um I think it just shows that Arsenal they are they are gonna be there or thereabouts come, you know, the final five games of the season. But like I said, those final two games in hand, I mean, they've struggled notoriously against the better sides this season so i wouldn't automatically say you know two games in hand six points because it's definitely not going to be the case um and they still got a massive massive task to stay in that top four so there's going to be way more twists and turns but it's, it that was that was a massive result not only for arsenal but for the rest of the challenging pack making wolves actually drop points
4: i agree with what you're saying about arsenal being not so good against teams in the, in the top four but if they are the fourth best team in England, which they could well be come the end of the season, then it doesn't matter if they lose to Man City, Chelsea and Liverpool two or three times a season because they are beating everyone else below them. And if you look at their next five fixtures here, Marley, next up is Watford uh, away on Sunday, the 6th of March. Then they've got Leicester at home. Then they do have Liverpool at home on the 16th of March, which is a Wednesday night before facing Villa and Crystal Palace both away. So take the Liverpool game out of it. Watford, Leicester, Villa, Crystal Palace... Um, Arsenal could be in a really good spot come the end of March, which leads us nicely into the run-in. So, are they maybe underrated in terms of how they're getting on?
2: Uh, I I'm not sure about underrated, but I think people have have lowered their expectations when it comes to Arsenal, um, both neutrals and probably Arsenal fans as well, because they, you know they've, they they waste so many chances to to go on to kick on and and sort of make something of their their seasons recently, like they they've got a, a, a sort of clear chance in front of them now to possibly take fourth um having played two games less than man united for example but obviously those games are hard games think against city and um sorry chelsea and liverpool I think it is. so if, if you know the, like the task's there in front of them and it's in their own hands but it's it's tough um and they are going to have to get a bit better but you know beating wolves twice you know, I think they came in for a bit of criticism from, from Ruben Neves when Arsenal uh, celebrated like, in his words, like they'd won the league um, when they beat Wolves at Molyneux, um, but that just sort of shows that those are the type of games they haven't won uh, recently, and then to to repeat it last night with a 90, 93rd minute goal um, is, is sort of testament to how Arsenal are getting that little bit of steel back and they are sort of up for a fight a little bit you know, and they do want to make something of this season because they've, they've always had the talent there. They've just never had the, the sort of attitude and the consistency. But it does seem to be coming a little bit now. Um, and even though on paper they've lost a few few decent players in a, a sort of big part of their squad with the goals of Aubameyang, Um or lack of goals in in recent seasons, you, if, you, if you look at that and you say, well, you know what, if you, can, if you can thrive without him, as long as your team gets better, it doesn't really matter if you get worse on paper because... If the results show you're getting better and you're getting closer to fourth, then you know you've you've came out of it in in a good situation, really.
4: Yeah, I definitely think Arsenal are in a really good spot, but you know, for the, every time we big up Arsenal, there seems to be a slip up along the way. Um, as for Wolves, I think they'll feel unlucky because for large parts it looks like uh, He Chan Huang's strike would have been enough, but that late flurry, as Joel says, with Pepe began on 82 minutes. You mentioned um, earlier, Joel, that you know, you have been critical of Arteta. I think you've called him Pep's cone man on a number of occasions over the last (laughs) few months. So I'll leave it to to Marley to give a more neutral assessment on Mikel Arteta. There have been frustrations about how he's dealt with things during his time at Arsenal, um, largely due to the fact that the results have been very fluctuating. At the start of the season, Arteta said that they had to worry about staving off relegation after losing their first three uh, games of the campaign. But since then, they've really kind of gone about their business quietly. They're now attacking the top four spot. So in terms of Mikel Arteta and his master plan, it's taken him a while. But was he right to call for patience? Because it looks like things are just starting to come good.
2: Yeah, I, I think with, with Arteta, I've, on the whole, I think I've been quite impressed with him. Because there was a, a, a time, I think it was last season, um, possibly the season before, but I think it was last season, where they were... When he came in, he was determined to play this, like, back three system, and it just didn't work. Arsenal just didn't know how to play it. They, they didn't have enough possession to make it work. Uh, they couldn't get used to it. And I always think, like, with managers, as long as you adapt to the situation, then then you're doing... You know, as long as you're being proactive in trying to change things. And since then, he's went to the back four and either plays four three three 3 3 or, more often, four two three one. And ever since then, Arsenal started getting better, um... At the start of the season was a bit of a wobble, obviously, but he had, yeah, things hanging over them, and he had to show his his um, his sort of uh, teeth with his handling of the Aubameyang situation recently, and selling a few players and getting a few in, in in the summer as well. If you go back and you know signing Tommy Yasu, for example, is a good good signing. Uh, put his neck on the line with Ramsdale and dropping Leno, who wasn't doing a particularly bad job, Leno by any means, but you know, so I think with you look at the way that's gone and think, you know, as, as times as a manager, I think you've got to, you know, you've got to make big decisions. You've got to, you've got to take big chances at times. Um, I think he's done that with Aubameyang. He's done that with uh, sort of admitting defeat with his preferred back three system uh, a couple of years ago. And then, if they come fourth this season, you know, that's that's a huge thing for him. And you know, I think they're talking about him signing a new deal soon. I think he's he's probably warranted it because. He's took Arsenal from one era and he's taken them into another era and um, I think he's doing as, as good as as good as good he, he can, really.
4: Yeah, I certainly think that that was a big result last night. They beat Wolverhampton Wanderers two weeks ago. They've done it again last night, a 2-1 victory. Got to feel for Jose Sar, though, to score a known goal in those circumstances away from home. He must have wanted the ground to swallow him up. I know it's unlucky to, to score a known goal and things like that, but especially with the with the run that Wolves have been on. He must feel pretty terrible about himself this morning. Through I, want to, I don't want to say no fault of his own, but it's certainly unfortunate, isn't it, to score an own goal in those circumstances. Arsenal 2, Wolves 1, final score last night in the Premier League. There is a Premier League fixture tonight as well. Southampton take on Norwich this evening at St Mary's. Norwich beat Saints in the reverse fixture, Joel, and with Burnley and Newcastle picking up form in that relegation battle, they have to win to keep pace, don't they?
5: Yeah, it's um, Norwich. I think are the weakest one of the bunch at the moment in terms of the form. In, with you know the likes of Burnley, they're looking like they're getting a really good runner form at the
2: moment. Obviously, you're Newcastle... just to- totally uh, ignoring Watford there. <laughs> I was, I was getting to them. I just wanted to say, to uh, just... Watford are so bad. You might as well just not even talk about. <laughs> <them>. <laughs> Honestly,
5: I think them two are just doomed at the moment. Uh, even though Emmanuel Dennis managed to get on the score sheet for Watford the last game, I just. Neither of them are looking to me like teams have got any fight left in them. I think Burnley were the ones to watch in terms of getting out of that bottom three. And I just feel as though once Burnley start pulling away from those two, I think it's game over, to be honest. And they've got two games in hand on them both, which is a worrying sign considering how well they're playing. But like we've always mentioned with Norwich, it's the fact that they've just got zero goals in the side. They've scored 15 goals in 25 Mm. games all season and, any team top scorer had Simu with six goals yeah so he scored what 30% of their goals and that's just it's not enough they need more players chipping in and I remember in their last Premier League stint I think they had you know Todd Campwell chipping in with goals uh, Wendy chipping in with goals and now there's just there's just nothing in the team there really isn't and if, if you have 15 goals scored in 25 games in any league in the world you're always always going to be paying the price for it and Maybe Norwich are a bit of a victim of a bit of lack of investment because they did lose Buendia uh, prior to coming back to the Premier League and they lost, I think, was it their right... uh, Well, Buendia was a massive player in the Championship for them so to lose someone like that just going into the Premier League was massive but I don't think it would have saved them because there's just not enough goals there.
4: With the way Newcastle are going and with the way Burnley are going and with how bad Leeds and Everton have been Is there reason for Norwich to believe that even though they are in the depths of the relegation zone and on first glance at the table, it looks pretty bad for them? Could there be a possibility from Dean Smith's point of view, Marley, that he sees the form that Leeds and Everton are in and thinking, well, we can reel these in? Because if Everton and Leeds continue to plummet and Watford continue to be poor, Norwich could you know, win a couple of games and they're all of a sudden out of it. And so the bottom three then might look totally different to what we expected with Watford, Leeds and Everton in the relegation zone and Burnley, Newcastle and Norwich surviving. I mean, it's like, it's ridiculous the way things could be shaping up at the bottom of the table.
2: Yeah, I, this this relegation fight is far from over in my opinion. I I don't think the two of the three teams that are down there now are necessarily favourites. Um, I was looking at the the, the betting last night and... You know, um, Norwich are, are like nailed on to go down, but I'm looking at looking at Norwich and thinking they're picking up good, like decent results. I think that they'll probably, I think they'll get something at Southampton tonight. I think that's not in in beyond the realms of possibility. They are playing well. Like there, there's been a massive improvement under Dean Smith. He's got all but two of their points this season. Um, he's got you know fifteen fifteen points in his what like ten twelve games or whatever it's been. Um, so they're they're not. As bad as Watford, for example, Watford are in are in freefall and they're, they're the ones I would put my house on uh, on going down. But, um, yeah, Burnley obviously getting better. And then for me, Brentford are the ones. Brentford are sliding so quickly and if they lose to Newcastle at the weekend, um, Newcastle will go above them. And that's like a, a, having played two games less as well than, than Brentford. So that's like a pivotal moment, I think, on, on Saturday when that happens and if you know if that does happen then you're looking at the 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 relegation battle if if burnley get a decent result at the weekend um they could they could leave watford adrift um if newcastle and burnley win um then you've got norwich who who have to get something really um against southampton like i said i think they there's a strong chance they might get something but if they don't i think um you know that that race is still is still really tight i think I can't see Everton going down. I think they'll they'll get better, but Brentford and Leeds, especially like Le- the way Leeds capitulate week after week. You know they conceded seven at City, six at Liverpool, four at Man United, and just countless countless uh, mistakes in them. So I I think there's plenty of uh, of race to be run in this uh, in this little dogfight at the bottom of the table, but um, it's it's by no means cut and dry for for anyone. I don't think.
4: Yeah, I totally agree. I think it could be the most exciting run-in in terms of relegation that we've seen in a number of years throwback to the old Premier League days with uh, Wigan and West Brom and Pompey and other teams doing great escapes, just all scrapping it out down there, trying to stay up in the Premier League. It's what keeps it exciting. Southampton's home form is pretty good at the moment. Uh, They could actually extend their unbeaten run at St. Mary's to their best in the last 17 years, should they avoid defeat uh, against Norwich tonight. That kicks off at 8pm in the Premier League. There are also other competitions taking place this weekend, namely one other when it comes to Premier League clubs, and that is the Carabao Cup. It's the final at Wembley between Liverpool and Chelsea, and our resident Liverpool supporter Steve McNaughton will be joining us next to discuss exactly what he thinks might happen. Join us after this.
0: Football's Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. We took it all. in that case, I pronounce
3: you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk.
4: Welcome back to Football Social Daily. This is your daily Premier League podcast. Niall, Marley and Joel with you. And also... A warm welcome back to the show to our resident Liverpool fan who's been away for a while with irons in different fires, Steve McNaughton, ahead of the Carabao Cup final this weekend between Liverpool and Chelsea. He is, of course, a massive red. Steve, good to have you back, mate. How have you been?
1: Hey, boys. How are we doing? All oh, good here.
4: Happy days now. I know you've had a, another addition to the McNaughton household, which is why we've probably yep. not heard from you um, as regularly this season as we did before. Yeah. But everything's going well at home by the sounds of it, apart from a, a teething child, which is keeping you up at night. You've got it in one. It's
1: um, light <laughs> yeah. life suddenly is, is very busy um, at the moment with work, uni, kids, and you know, uh, training as well. So it's, I'm spinning a few plates at the minute. So, but we're, we're getting there.
4: But the plus side is, um, to kind of combat those sleepless nights. Liverpool are doing really, really well at the moment. Unbeaten in 12 or 13 games. Off the back of a thrashing of Leeds United. Smashed them 6-0 at Anfield. But it's the cup final this weekend. It's been a long time since Liverpool have been in a domestic cup final, Steve. So it feels like a long time coming. Particularly with the squad that Klopp and Liverpool have had over the last few years.
1: Yeah, it's... You know, if if we're going to be honest about it, it's not the biggest trophy in the world that's up for grabs on on Sunday. But it, it it'll be nice to win it. And we, I think, even though we've been after Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues, and and we've been successful in them endeavours, the domestic trophies it would be nice. You know, the, those days out at Wembley. You know, the the build up to it, and um, I hope that um, you know, it it's the start of us taking the domestic trophies very very seriously. Uh, you know, as a club because. I don't think we've done that in previous seasons. I think we've we've been happy to kind of exit quite early in it, so it freezes up for you know just the focus on the Champions League and the Premier League. But I believe we've got a squad now that can handle that. The depth is there. We've got a fully fit squad for the well, apart from Firmino, we had a fully fit squad for five days. Um, <laughs> you know, after a very long time. But you know we've got the only injury worry we've got at the minute is Firmino, who's out with an abductor uh, injury. So you know you put that that squad in rude health and um, you are able to compete on on these fronts because it's 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 all very well having the numbers but you've got to have the quality as well and it certainly feels like we've almost stealthily gone under the radar and and, and rebuilt this uh, this squad on the quiet you know just by adding bits here and there so it's, it's a good time and it's a testament to the to the management of uh, the team in the club.
4: Yeah, the gap at the top of the Premier League is now three points to Manchester City when it looked unlikely that you would catch them a few weeks ago and now you're right up there on their coattails. So that promises to be a really exciting title race. In terms of me playing devil's advocate and being a bit cynical here, You talk about the players that Liverpool have got. Mo Salah has been sensational. Sadio Mane's return from the Africa Cup of Nations, a champion with Senegal and looking really, really good as well. Diogo Jota has been a revelation. And that's not to mention some of the other players that Liverpool have got in their squad that can do serious damage. However, some might argue that Jurgen Klopp's been there close to seven years now or it'll be seven years this year and there are only two trophies to show for it. Now they're the two big ones, the Premier League and the Champions League, which as you've already mentioned are the ones that Liverpool really do want more than any others. But is there an argument to suggest that maybe Klopp should have won more trophies during his time at the club?
1: Well, first and foremost, it's actually four, not two, because he won the Super Cup and he won the Club World Championship <laughs> oh, as well. come on, Steve. Uh, you know, well, listen, you know, Chelsea are making big deals at these, So, you know, the, the legitimate honours, whether we like him or not. Um, but, you know, to, <laughs> okay. to answer the, the question, I think it's, uh, yes, we, we would have liked Jürgen to, to, and his team to win more. More, more trophies, and I, I genuinely believe if if the pandemic had hadn't a hit, we we would have been in with a fighting chance with that because we were terrible during them closed uh, doors games. You know, we we just couldn't get going. I think we had a run of ten games where where we were atrocious and we just didn't adapt to it very well. And I think that. You know, obviously, it was well documented. We had injuries at, uh, in defence, and we were playing the likes of Jorgensen, Jorgen. <laughs> Jordan Henderson, and and as centre backs. And I, I think that, you know, that hurt us uh, last season. But I think, yeah, ultimately, I think given that the time he's been, uh, uh, you know, we would have liked to have win more. But I think we've got him for another couple of years. He's. He's added some quality with Luis Diaz, who who is absolutely sensational. And if he kind of gets his targets in summer, you know, I I think I think he'll he'll do well in his last couple of seasons at Liverpool. But you know, we we've got to focus on this season, and I fancy us to get one or two this season.
4: In terms of your opponents this weekend, Chelsea. They've obviously come off the back of that aforementioned uh, World Club Cup victory, something that Liverpool did a couple of years ago as well when they won the Champions League. They're a side that always tend to perform well at Wembley and they always tend to perform well in big games. Now, Liverpool have been better than Chelsea this season, as the league position shows. But the games between the two of you have been quite close, albeit in scoreline, maybe not in terms of the patterns of play. They're a tough team to get past in a one-off game, particularly a final, because Thomas Tuchel seems to know exactly the formula to get through these big games, doesn't he, Steve?
1: yeah it does is you know tactically is very sound and i think that you know if you look at how many goals chelsea have conceded in 25 premier league games this season they've only conceded eight you know so that it's obviously an average of of less than one a game so they're very very tight defensively and ultimately sunday will will i believe come down to whichever defence turns up i think that you know, if if they can control, you know, Salah, Diaz, and 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 Mane, um, I think Jota will come off the bench. I think you know they'll, they'll probably have have a bit of joy with it. Whereas I think Liverpool will try and expose them on that big pitch at Wembley and spread them out really wide, and and hopefully you know Salah and, and Diaz have have plenty of room to work. And I think you know Sadio Mane will go through the middle like he did against Leeds. And um, that, that that's where I think, you know, Chelsea will have the most success if they are to have success. Because we know that, you know, they do have problems at the other end of the pitch. You know, they, they've they never kind of really been that prolific at the other end of the pitch. A lot of the goals come from Jorginho, as we know, in the midfield at Chelsea. So I believe that, yeah, it is, if, if their defence turns up, that's their best route to victory. But I think if Liverpool, who are playing particularly well at the minute and and will have bags of confidence after dispatching you know quite a few teams recently and you know beating Inter Milan and the Sancero 2-0 I think they'll be buoyed by by the form they're in and and the fact that they've got a, a a pretty much a fully fit squad to to choose from and um I just think yeah I expect us to to dominate possession I expect us to have the ball a lot and and be kind of you know pressing Chelsea and I think Chelsea Will be will play quite deep on Sunday. I think you know they'll they'll be happy to sit back and try and catch Liverpool on the counter. But I think yeah, it it, it will be tight. I think there'll be a goal in it. Um, if it was to make a prediction, I think it'd be two one to Liverpool. Steve, um, what
5: would Liverpool fans deem as like a success and a failure this season? Because obviously you're still in all the competitions, still like a good likelihood. Obviously you won't win the treble because only one good team can do that. Um but <laughs> living but off I, living
1: off past glories uh, uh Joel. Yeah, right, but yeah. what, what was that? Ultra, 23 that. years ago, was it?
5: <laughs> and still not touched. Um but yeah, <laughs> but what, what would what would be deemed as a success and failure? Because let's say you win a Carabao Cup but you finish runners up to City, you get to potentially a Champions League final, like is that a success considering you know Trent Alexander Arnold came out and said they probably should have won more, even though they have won a Premier League and a Champions League. So, what what would you say for that?
1: I think f- for me, success. I think that you know the Premier League is going to be very very tight. I mean, they they're, they're talking about you know Liverpool visiting the Etihad in April and how it'll come down. to that. I don't think it'll come down to that. I think it'll be the other games that are around it that will decide that. But for me, if we weren't to win the champ, uh, the Premier League, because let's face it, Man City had an incredible side. Um, I would like to win the very least the Carabao Cup and the Champions League this season.
4: Oh, Champions League at the least—that is setting your ambitions high. But Liverpool's certainly good enough. Well,
1: it you know, want much, does he not? We we are you know we 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 do very well in that competition. We've got. Uh, I don't think anyone will want to draw Liverpool in the next round, and um, if obviously unless Inter Milan beat us three 0 at Anfield, but I've got to be honest, I can't see that happening. Um, you know, and I just think that you know we've got to go all out for that competition and try and get number seven this season, and and and. You know, further cement our position as the um, the most successful British club in Europe. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Back to the Caramel Cup final. Um, Chelsea will no doubt be worried about Salah, be worried about Mane, likely be worried about Jotter if he's deemed fit enough to play. A Liverpool fan's worried about Lukaku, and I don't want to throw him under the bus here or you know add fuel to the fire because he's been under fire a lot lately, Romelu Lukaku. But. You know, his record in the big games, as Marley mentioned earlier this week, is poor. The atmosphere surrounding him at Chelsea is very strange at the moment. It's not working out. Everyone can see that, even from the outside looking in. So in terms of that, are Liverpool fans worried about Chelsea's forward line? Are there any... Anything to be? Is there anything to be fearful of when it comes to the Blues? I think I think the midfield in particular
1: is is very very strong for Chelsea. They've got an, a you know a really good goalkeeper as well. You know in Mendy and um, it, you know I know Kepa is is begging to play. And you know if it was Tuchel, I wouldn't let him anywhere near the pitch at Wembley. Um, but I think you know def- def- defensively they're very sound. But in midfield, I think is where Chelsea's real strength is um because like we talked about Lukaku and it, and it hasn't worked for whatever reason I don't think he's ever, he's recovered from the interview he did with 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 Sky you know about his time in Italy I think that's um probably put a nail in the coffin to his you know the second part of his career at Chelsea um, and I just think that, you know, do, do a fancy Virgil to have the upper hand against him on on, on Sunday, you know, without a doubt. I think that, um, you know, Virgil can handle him. He, he didn't get a kick against him, you know, in the 2-2 draw earlier in the season between the two teams. And the the, the main worry for me is, is, is uh, and the one to watch I think is Mason Mount, because I think Mason Mount makes... Lukaku tick a bit better, um. You know, with the service that he provides him with, and Chelsea are a funny team because they spent hundred million on Lukaku and they don't play a system to suit him. It's absolute bonkers, um. You know what what they've done, but it's typical Chelsea, isn't it? That he's in a long line of strikers that that have failed at the club, and you know with the managers they bring in, they don't seem to play to that big man up top's uh, strength. So it's it's a bit bizarre, really, but. If you know, if he gets a chance, he's capable of putting it away. But I think we've got to be on our toes. You know, each and every man on Sunday because Chelsea, you know, the third in the table, the the, the ten points behind us, thirteen points behind City. That they're the best of the rest when you go past that those two. Because I think they've got. Um, I mean, Joe might be able to tell me. I think they've got four points on United in the table at the minute. Um, you know, but I think that yeah, you know, that Chelsea are capable of winning this on Sunday. There's no doubt about it. We have to be at our absolute best to uh, make sure that we lift that trophy. Come you know, seven-ish on Sunday night or whatever it is.
4: And just finally, Steve, before we let you go, we've seen Manchester City make the Carabao Cup their own over the last five or six seasons. Pep Guardiola has made winning it a habit and in doing so, obviously they're not in it this year because it's Chelsea-Liverpool in the final, but in doing so, in in kind of having an iron grip on the Carabao Cup, they've gone to Wembley at the end of February They've won the trophy and that's given them a springboard to kick on for the rest of the season and a fair few of those seasons they've gone on to win the title or further silverware. Can you see that being a similar situation for Liverpool? Because you said before that sometimes Liverpool and other clubs don't take this competition that seriously. Manchester City seem to have had the the opposite attitude to that, and it served them well. So, do you think that that could be something similar for Liverpool should they win this weekend?
1: Yeah, definitely. Because I think even though, and, and I'll I'll be open and honest on on the social media, if Liverpool are successful on on Sunday, and say it, it isn't the biggest trophy in the world, you know, but it's just gonna it's it just be nice to win it. And I think it does give you that spring bob, and it give you that bit of swagger that you picked up the early word in the season, and, and it gives you. You know, reason to be confident for the rest when you've got to play these, um, you know, remaining twelve games in the Premier League season, and and every one of them is a final, basically. Now, isn't it when you've got the how you know nip and tuck? Man City, and Liverpool have been for a number of seasons now. You know, it's every every game is a final. Every draw or defeat is catastrophic. And you know, we can we can see from the Man City point of view. You know, they were fourteen points ahead of Liverpool a month ago, and you know th- th- this is where we are now with it. and I just think that City will will have a steal about them, and I think you know we, we've got to be at our absolute best. But winning a trophy along the way and having those early honors on the board will will be very welcome.
4: Well, Steve, great to chat to you on Football Social Daily, mate. Best of luck on Sunday, and hopefully you get some more sleep in as well <laughs> in the next. That, that'd
1: does. be amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, like I say, I would I would love to. Um, you know come back again you know at some point in the near future and um and get back stuck in because obviously i do love doing the podcast and um, it's always great crack with everyone um you know doing it and the different opinions and stuff like that so yeah I'm happy to keep annoying people by being the uh, resident Liverpool fan
4: (laughs) (laughs) You know what's going to happen is the next time you're going to be on is going to be I don't know early or late May after (laughs) some more trophies have been won and Joel will be on the podcast and that will make for interesting (laughs) listening I'm pretty sure straight after Liverpool win another Champions League
1: Yeah, I I, I heard on the uh, the QT that Joel come up with that Alanga song uh, you know (laughs) the Rhythm is a Dancer one I heard that he made that up
5: Yeah I've got a bit of rhythm about
4: me,
1: Steve you know that <laughs> yeah man yeah man alright nice one
4: lads great to talk to you Steve all the best uh, don't forget that you can hit subscribe and that way you won't miss an episode of the show again we'll have a more comprehensive preview of the Carabao Cup final on our dugout show which is out this evening former Premier League players Trevor Stephen and Francis Benali will be joining me to look ahead to the weekend's action but that's it for this section of Football Social Daily afterwards we'll be talking about our predictions for this weekend's Premier League games with our partners Who Knows Wins we'll do it after this <laughs>
3: at LuckyLandslots.com Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions supply.
0: Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk
4: Welcome back to Football Social Daily. This is your daily Premier League podcast. That was a look at the Carabao Cup. We'll, of course, as I said, have a full, more comprehensive preview of that uh, this weekend on the dugout with Francis Bernali, Trevor Stephen and myself. We'll also be looking ahead to some of the weekend's Premier League games on that show. We'll also be doing that now, though. If you listened to last Friday's podcast, you'll know all of us engaged in who knows wins. Uh, Who knows wins, if you don't know, it's the social sports game where mates, family, colleagues, etc., Pit their wits against each other for real money. So you're not handing your money over to the bookies, you're handing it over to your mates if they beat you. And that's the key. And of course you can scoop up those all important bragging rights as well. Who knows wins is an app and you compete directly against your pals in your own custom league. We played in one of the existing competitions last week. We'll do the same this week. It's called the Pick 10 League. There's a four figure prize fund. It's in the thousands. You predict the scores. If you get them right, more than your opponents, then you pick up the cash. Basically, you don't need to get all of the scores right to win like you're doing in a traditional accumulator you just need to get more than everyone else uh, over two million pounds has been won on who knows wins so all you need to do to get involved is download from the app Store or Google play there are guaranteed winners every single day so much like we did last week lads get onto your phones fire up who knows wins and let's discuss what we think might be the scores this weekend in the premier league it's uh who knows wins pick 10 there are a couple of championship fixtures in there but we'll talk about the premier league games and let's start with the interesting one at the top of the list here brentford versus newcastle united 63 percent of people Feel that the two are gonna win. They're five unbeaten in the Premier League. As for Brentford, they've lost four and drawn one of their last five. Thirteen percent think Brentford will win. Twenty-three percent are going for the draw. I imagine you're backing your boys for this one, are you?
2: Yeah, look at that. Sixty-three percent of uh, of people who wouldn't have backed us seven or eight weeks ago. Bloody glory hunters, <laughs> eh? Um <laughs> Yeah, look, I'm I'm hopeful going into this one. I think I think to be honest, it's probably our biggest game of the season because it's uh, it's a bit of a six-pointer, and you know, as I as I mentioned just before, if we beat Brentford, we'll will shove them right down into the into the mire with us. Um, I think Everton have got uh, Man City this weekend. Uh, Leeds have got a, a tough game as well. They got they got Tottenham, which is you know Tottenham will be will be hurting and wanting to bounce back from that shambles at, at Burnley in the week. So, um, if you look at that, you know, there's chance to to go above three teams this weekend for Newcastle and and end the end the weekend in 14th um you know four four or maybe five points clear of, of the relegation zone which is you know huge especially when you look at the the first third of the season where they were scrapping around bottom 19th um and five points adrift when Eddie Howe came in so this one's a, a massive time we couldn't couldn't want to play brentford at a better time um they've lost you know four of the last five I think the last time they won was the uh the FA Cup against Port Vale in the third round. That's the last time they beat anyone um in a, in an actual football match. So it's um it's a big chance. Um and I, obviously I'm for predictions wise, I'm I'm backing us. I think we'll even without Saint Maximan if, if that is the case, um I think we'll still get the win and uh and plunge them into the into the mire where we weren't.
4: Well, Newcastle United are certainly the favourite on who knows wins. So let's move on to a much tougher one to call, according to the percentages here, Joel. Brighton against Aston Villa at the Amex Stadium, three o'clock kick-off Saturday afternoon. 27% fancy Brighton, 34% fancy the away side Aston Villa, and 40% have lumped on the draw. Which bracket are you in? Do you fancy the draw? That seems to be where the majority of people are going. Honestly,
5: with this one, I've just gone on the basis of whatever's the popular pick I'm going against it because every time I go with the popular <laughs> pick it always flipping never happens. So I've gone for a Brighton victory on this occasion uh, just purely on the fact that um, Aston Villa have been a bit of a mixed bag in the last few games. They can't seem to get any kind of run going since Gerard first took over. So I think Brighton, Brighton at home as well at the Amex have been pretty strong all season so I would back them with the other 26% of my other Brighton faithful um, and I'm hoping this one will be right because I've gone for the the one that's got the least percentage. If it doesn't, then that's my theory out the window.
4: Yeah, I definitely think Aston Villa with the results that they've had lately have been pretty inconsistent. I think it's loss, draw, win, draw, loss in their last... Five games. Uh, moving on, Crystal Palace, Burnley. Huge one for the relegation fight. Crystal Palace with a big win over Watford midweek, winning by four goals to one. Wilfred Zaha with a couple of really nice goals. Watford really struggling, but they come up against the Burnley side in very good form. I'm surprised here, Marley, that only 11% of people have gone for Burnley to win this one. Uh, 56% fancy Crystal Palace. They are at home, of course. I think they've been one of those sides that have looked good, but they haven't been able to get the results. As for Burnley, probably the opposite. They've looked poor, but in the last two <laughs> games they've, they've managed to find something and won the last two which has given them a real boost so I'm pretty surprised that only 11% of people fancy Burnley for this
2: yeah it's um you know form would would suggest uh would suggest Burnley really um but I think I think you, you sort of touched upon it there when you when you're talking about it I think the fact that it's a that it's at Crystal Palace is is the big thing I think Burnley's home form is what will keep them up you know, beating Spurs uh, last, you know, on uh, Wednesday night was it? Um, we'll, that that'll be the sort of their their bread and butter. Um, I think coming off Brighton, they beat Brighton three nil away from home last weekend. So that's a, a good, obviously a great result for them. To be fair, but I think with Crystal Palace, I think they've got a bit more steel than 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 Brighton. I think sometimes if you can get in Brighton's face and hurt them a bit like Burnley do with most teams, they might crumble a little bit. I think Crystal Palace have slightly more than that. They'll have a few more players that might fancy a bit of a scrap, um, and and fight for something. So I can't split these. I think it'll be I think it'll be a draw because everybody's um sort of expecting Burnley's form to go with them. I think Crystal Palace play enough decent football to to make it hard for them. Um I can't see it being a a barnstorming must-watch game, to be honest, but um, I can't I can't separate them, so I would go for a draw, which I, I hate doing on predictions because you're only ever one goal away from it, you know. Going tits up.
4: <laughs> Final couple of games we're going to discuss: Manchester United against Watford at Old Trafford. Ninety-six percent of people are going with Ralph Rangnick's side, your club, Joel. Rangnick has only lost one Premier League game as the manager of Manchester United that came to Wolves and it was quite a while ago now 2% fancy the draw 2% fancy Watford let's not forget though Watford beat United 4-1 earlier on in the season and that caused Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to lose his job with the way things are going do you think that people are right to predict United as winners with 96% because three of their last five league games have been a draw
5: Yeah, I mean, on paper, you would say United against Watford at home is a pretty straightforward victory. But just going off that first half against Atletico Madrid and our home form this season, which performances have been so bad, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if this fixture throws up some kind of ridiculous uh, Watford performance where they absolutely play us off the park. So, I have gone for a United win, but it's just the case of the fact that with United at home especially, you just don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what type of performance is going to come out. You don't know if they're going to be up for it. Uh, You don't know if the other team look more up for it, as we've seen in many occasions. But like you say... Uh, Ryan Nick's only lost one Premier League game since he's been here, which is a massive improvement on what he actually picked up on. Um, I think Solskjaer was on a run of three defeats in a row, so and which ended at that Watford game. So I'm sure the United players will be wanting to avenge that embarrassment back in November. So yeah, I'm going for a, a home win, but
4: with a pinch of salt. A home win with a pinch of salt is still a home win, Joel. And that would pick you up uh, a correct (laughs) prediction on who knows wins should you get that right. Final one, lowly Everton under Frank Lampard, where just 1% of people think they'll beat Manchester City in the 5.30 kickoff on Saturday. City shocked by Tottenham in their last game. Still top of the Premier League by three points, Marley. Everton need results. Manchester City need a result to stay in control of the title race. Two sides at opposite ends of the table. You'd have to suggest that City will bounce back from that shock defeat to Tottenham, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, you you would uh, you would think so. Um, I can't see I can't see uh, Everton turning up and getting something. But I mean, it would be typical Premier League football, wouldn't it? If Everton did actually manage to to go and uh, sort of hold uh, hold Man City off for ninety minutes. But yeah, I can't see it. Usually, when Man City, I mean, the last time Man City lost a game, I think they went on, um, you know. I think it was was it Crystal Palace in November or something or might have been Leipzig in the in the group stage of the Champions League just after that so they went four months unbeaten and pretty much smashed everyone you know in second gear most weeks so um you, they do tend to bounce back with with a vengeance and it makes them a bit stronger for for quite a sustainable period like quite an extended period so I think Man City will will turn up and Everton's crowd will, will be up for it while it's 0-0 and then once the first goal goes in for City I can see the sort of atmosphere turning a little bit and Everton fans getting a bit, you know, frustrated that it's um that, you know, they're losing again and, and they can't see what's what they're gonna do to get out of this situation. So um yeah, especially with uh, with the three o'clock games happening before that, um, you know, if Newcastle have won and if Leeds get something at Tottenham and if um, Your know, Burnley beat Crystal Palace. The, I mean, Everton could go into this game like right on the verge. Um, in fact, they could go into this game 18th in the league if Newcastle and Burnley both win. So they could do, they could be in the relegation zone by by kickoff. So this is obviously you, it's just it's a free swing at Man City, yeah, pretty much for everyone every week, isn't it? It's a bit of a free hit, but you've got to you know if you, if you manage to get something, imagine the. The turnaround that could bring Everton, but I can't, I can't sit here and say I think they are going to get something because I can't do that with any team against Manchester City. So uh, I'm, I'm safely in the ninety odd percent that will predict a, a City win.
4: Yeah, I think I'm in that camp as well. Well, there's seven and a half grand's worth of prize pot to be won over on Who Knows Wins. Don't forget, you can check it out on the App Store or Google Play. Make sure you go and hit download and you can play against your mates and win bragging rights as well as a bit of cash off of them as well. I wonder what former Everton man Trevor Stephen will make of their chances this weekend against Man City. He's on the dugout with me later on tonight. That'll be out. So make sure you hit subscribe and that way you won't miss it. But from Joel Marley and myself and Steve as well, of course, on Football Social Daily. That's it. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch you next week.
0: football Social Daily. Find more great sports at Sport-Social.co.uk.
4: Judy
3: was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
0: It's my little
2: escape.
3: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
3: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>